Welcome to episode four of season two of YMBA, a podcast brought to you by UCLA Anderson. I'm your host, Alex Grodnick. Today on the pod, Constance Knight, who at the time of our conversation was the head of content programs and partnerships at YouTube. But since then, she's taken a new job as the global head of video curation at Instagram. This episode is about trusting your instincts and not being afraid to make big changes in your career. Constance, or Connie as I call her, truly has an amazing story. So we're going to dive in and start at the very beginning. So I was born in Chicago, Illinois, in the urban heart of the city, very low income. I actually lived in the projects for the first few years of my life, I would say until I was about six or seven. And then when I was around eight years old, my mother decided to move us away from essentially the ghetto. My brother had gotten into some trouble and had been approached by gang members and My mother, being a single mother with three kids, I forget exactly how old she was, but she had had all of us by the time she was 18. So she moved us away from Chicago. We moved to Michigan for a short amount of time. Then she met my stepfather and we moved to Texas. And that was quite a bit of a culture shock for me because my entire life up to that point, I hadn't met um, many people who looked different from me. And so moving from, you know, the Midwest um, and living in urban areas to Texas, where we moved to the suburb, it was, you know, quite shocking for me as a young, impressionable preteen. Yeah, I can't even imagine how tough that must have been for you as a young girl, bouncing from place to place and moving to Texas, which, yeah, wow, what a dramatically different culture from what you had grown up in. So as your new surroundings start to seep in, what are you thinking you want to do with your life? I actually wanted to be a psychiatrist, but a friend of my mother's who was a Black female psychiatrist told me that that wasn't a good career um, choice for me because people don't want to tell a Black woman their problems. And this predated Oprah. Um, Actually, Oprah at the time had her talk show, but she wasn't the Oprah that she is today. Um, And so I took her advice. And my father said to me, you know, you're you're really sharp. You have a great analytical mind. You know how to argue both sides of a story. So maybe you should consider becoming a lawyer or an investment banker. And so I said, okay, that sounds great to me. In hindsight, I realized that his goal was to make sure that I made a lot of money and that I would remain employed throughout my, my life. Okay, I have to be honest here. It's pretty difficult to hear this part of your story. Someone telling a kid they can't do something, that really bothers me. Although, how amazing that you were able to put that behind you and devote your energy towards breaking into investment banking. So that's what I chose to do. After undergrad, I went to work in New York City on Wall Street as an investment banker at one of the large investment banks. And um, it was a really tough environment, especially back in you know the mid to late 90s. This was before technology was where it is today. So, you know, the hours were long, you worked nights and weekends. And so I realized after the first couple of years that I probably wasn't on the right career path. I was good at it, but it just wasn't fulfilling for me. And I wasn't quite ready to give up on my chosen profession. So I decided to 
you know, try it from another angle. And so I won an international fellowship to go work in Europe in investment management. So I moved to Edinburgh, Scotland in the dead of winter um, in January. I had never been that cold in my whole entire life. But I worked there at an investment management firm. And then they moved me over to London where I worked in the city in investment management. And after that experience, which was the best experience of my life, even to this date, living overseas just really allowed me to expand my horizons and and see myself as a global citizen as opposed to a citizen of America. But I realized pretty quickly that I needed to you know, figure out what is my true passion and what do I really want to be doing with the rest of, of my life. Well, what a great experience. And now that you've realized that finance wasn't your true calling, did you have any idea what you would do next? So as I was trying to figure out what my next step would be career-wise, I had been thinking about going to business school. And, you know, when I worked on Wall Street, that was sort of the next step. So I said, you know what, I'm going to go to business school. That'll give me an opportunity to really you know, think more about what I want to do and just sort of give me some time to just really explore other career paths and also add to my my knowledge base. So went to business school. I knew that I had an interest in entertainment from a business perspective, but I knew that if I wanted to work on the business side of entertainment, I needed to be basically where the action is. And so I went to the Anderson School at UCLA. And I was also interested in entrepreneurship. And I know the Anderson School has a really good entrepreneurship program as well. So that was the right choice for me. And I knew that if I were in Los Angeles, in the heart of the entertainment business, I could have access to the network that exists there. And also I would be able to basically do internships to explore you know, the different possibilities for, you know, a person who has an analytical background, who has an MBA, but who wants to work in the entertainment business. That makes perfect sense, Connie. I was also looking to take advantage of being at the center of the entertainment world when I came to Anderson. So what happened for you after you finished business school? So after Anderson, actually during Anderson, I was probably one of the only people who did not have a job because, you know, it's it's difficult in entertainment. You know, if you're an MBA, you know, at that time, there was no clear career path for you. So, you know, I just continued doing my networking. I narrowed down from my experience in my internships, I narrowed down what area I wanted to focus on. So I knew that I definitely wanted to work in international because, you know, I'd worked in international business prior to that, and I really enjoyed that aspect of my role at the time. And I wanted to combine that combine that with my love for television, and I wanted to work in marketing. So I decided that I wanted a career in international television marketing or distribution. It was very specific. Um, those jobs at the time were not necessarily advertised. But I had a classmate who said to me, hey, I you know, I remember you telling me that you know, you want to work in international TV marketing. And I just interviewed for a job. It wasn't right for me, but I'm happy to refer you. And I think that he remembered that because I literally told everyone that I could think of that that's what I wanted to do. So when the opportunity came up, he remembered me and referred me for the job. And I went to work at MGM International Television Marketing. I want to jump in here for a quick second to highlight the precise way that Connie described the job she was looking for. 
I found that in life, most people want to be helpful to you. You just need to give them the tools to do so. So if you say, I want to go to the Olympics, the next question you're going to get is, cool, what sport do you play? And if you say, well, I'm not sure yet, but I just know that I want to go to the Olympics, well, then that person is going to have a pretty tough time providing any sort of help to you. If instead you say, well, you know, I'm a pretty good ping pong player, well, now you've given that person the ability to think if they know anything about ping pong or maybe someone else in their network that does. When Connie said that she was interested in international TV marketing, that might seem super specific, but it actually provides people with a framework to provide value to her. Okay, back to the story. And so I did that for about two years, but I quickly became disenchanted with the role because what I learned was that when you work in international, in entertainment, you're essentially repurposing the creative work that was done on the domestic side. So you aren't as close to the content. But I did have the opportunity to begin sort of putting my toe in the water around digital. So this had to be, you know, early 2000s. And so it seems obvious today, but I came up with, you know, a process for distributing marketing and creative materials internationally, digitally. So that was revolutionary at the time, but it really sparked my interest in digital. And so eventually one of my vendors hired me away from MGM because they were starting to work with more online companies and working more in the digital space. And because I had this experience, they wanted me to come over and help them on their international distribution strategy with their entertainment clients. So I did that for a while. And this was right around the time of the dot-com bust. So the first bust. Um, so the agency that I was working for went out of business. And so I found myself out of a job. I found myself unemployed unexpectedly. And so you know, I was at a loss. You know, I wasn't quite sure what to do next. And one of my other mentors, and this is why it's really good to have mentors if you can get them, you know, he had worked in the entertainment business for quite a while and, you know, was very successful at Disney and ran Hollywood Records. And he said to me, you know, hey, with your background and your experience in analytical, you should consider working in the DVD business. You know, you are you know, you know your way around spreadsheets, you can manage a P&L, and they're looking for people with your experience. And this was at the time where DVDs were basically the bread and butter of the studio system. So that's what I did. So I pursued a career in the DVD business. And I did that for quite a while. I worked my way up from, you know, I started at New Line Cinema. I went to Disney for a number of years. And I worked my way up to vice president at Viacom. I worked uh, on BET. And so I headed that entertainment business, home entertainment business for a few years. And then one day I streamed a movie and I had a light bulb moment. At that moment, I realized, you know, I will never buy another DVD again. And then my next thought was, wow, this could be a problem because this is the business that I work in. So I may need to consider getting out of the DVD business and trying to figure out how do I get into the digital business. Cutting in again here, this is a pivotal moment in Connie's career. She had a great job, a great title, working for a great company in the entertainment business. But what do you do when you no longer believe in the product you're selling 
It's a tough question and a quintessential business dilemma. DVDs to this day are still a multi-billion dollar business, so she could have stayed and weathered the storm. However, deep down inside, I think Connie knew she needed to start looking for something different. If you've ever faced this type of challenge before, then this next part is precisely for you. Let's find out if Connie trusted her instincts or held on to her prestigious job. After I had that aha moment that I need to get into digital, I wasn't quite sure what the next step should be in terms of identifying opportunities for a person with a business background to get into digital. All of the careers in technology that I was familiar with were all highly technical. And so what I decided to do was try and find opportunities within entertainment companies to work on their digital team. And so I decided to go out and pitch myself as a consultant. I had been going through a personal transition. I had my second son. And so for me, that was the best way to, you know, get some experience. And so I went to work for Universal Music Group. They distributed DVDs at the time. And so I decided to pitch myself to their digital team. And so I worked with them as a consultant for a while. And at the same time, I was going out and networking and just trying to find the right opportunity. And I really used my network. I really leaned into LinkedIn because I knew that this was the right time to make the transition. Like I really, you know, trusted my gut and really, like I said, leaned into technology and digital as the next career choice for me and really just the next boom area. And so I was attending all types of seminars and conferences and, you know, getting invited and getting my name onto lists to, you know, go and uh, hear different speakers. At the same time, I was still pitching myself to other digital companies. And I really used LinkedIn to first identify who do I want to work for? You know, what side of the business, the digital business, do I want to be on? And I'd always wanted to work for Google, but it was one of those places that I thought, you know, I'd heard these stories about, you know, their interview process and how there were nine rounds and that it was like really impossible to get in and you had to go to Harvard. So it was just one of those things where, you know, I thought there's no way I could ever work at Google. Like they would just never hire me. But fortunately for me, Google had hired this you know, a little startup called YouTube for a billion dollars. So I started to look for people on LinkedIn who worked for YouTube. And so I started just, you know, blind emailing people. And I stumbled across a person who was part of the YouTube entertainment team. And I didn't realize there was a YouTube entertainment team. And they were actually based in LA where I live. So, you know, this was great news for me. And so I reached out, pitched myself, let him know that, you know, this is what I've done. And it really helped me that I had done those prior internship. Well, I'm calling them internships. They weren't internships. They were consulting opportunities. But, you know, for me, it led to the same end result. So I let him know about my prior work experience consulting for these companies. And he said, hey, you know, you know, we aren't hiring at the moment, but, you know, I'll, I'll keep you in mind you know, if we ever need some consultants. And so I identified someone who was on the same team on LinkedIn who had gone to the Anderson School. And I made the connection that the original person that I reached out to reported to this person. 
And I knew this person just because he had worked in the DVD business. And so he and I had were already friendly. So I reached out to him. I reached out to the original person, letting him know that I knew his boss. And so they eventually invited me to come in and chat. And so they hired me as a consultant on the Entertainment Content Partnerships team. So I worked as a consultant for about seven months, and then they hired me on full time. So long story short, you know, I worked at YouTube for, uh, it's been, gosh, um, almost nine years. Um, And it's interesting because I had never had a job for more than three years because, you know, because I'm so entrepreneurial and I'm a left brain, right brain person, um, I would just find myself bored, you know? Um, I felt like I was given this one task and once I accomplished it, I didn't need to do it over and over again. And so for me, I was always looking for that next opportunity, um, you know, uh, a new and exciting way to find fulfillment um, in my role. And so YouTube actually gave me that opportunity because there was always a new project to work on. There was always a new product launch. Um, and, you know, they really create an opportunity and, I mean, sorry, a culture of, um, you know, if you identify something you're passionate about and you want to work on that project, like they're very open to that. Um, and so I was able to really add to my skill set constantly um, and to really continue to grow my career. Wow. Connie, what a journey you've had to this point. If you had to distill it all into a lesson or two, what would you say? So if I had to sum up my career, it's interesting because I think we are somehow led to believe that a career is just a straight upward trajectory. But as Sheryl Sandberg says, you know, you have to look at your career as, you know, not a ladder, but a jungle gym. And that exactly describes my career. I mean, I think in general, it's been an upward trajectory, but, you know, I've had those dips you know, where I found myself out of work and found myself pivoting to try and find my next opportunity. But I think that being nimble and being open to new possibilities and really trusting your gut and not being afraid to make changes in your career, I think that's where, for me personally at least, that's where the real reward came. Because I look back now and I think, had I stayed in investment banking, had I stayed on, you know, that safe, you know, career path, you know, I would not have found myself in the right role and in the right field. You know, I think trusting my gut and really seeing the future and, you know, understanding that the entertainment business would begin to shift away from DVDs and into digital. I think that for me, like that's really been sort of, you know, the thing that really got me to a place where I'm really making impact. You know, I'm really passionate about what I do. I wake up every day and I'm excited about going to work. You know, I don't ever have the Sunday blues. I wake up thinking, what can I do today? What new project can I volunteer for? you know, what sort of new area can I explore that'll make, you know, the company more revenue? And so, you know, if I had to tell my, you know, 20-something-year-old self anything, I would say, you know, really, you know, it'll be okay. You know, it'll be okay. 
you know, trust your gut, which I actually did, um, and you will find your path. I told you this was a good one. Not only was Connie precise in what she wanted, but she put herself out there and made a prediction about the future. And whether that prediction turned out to be right or wrong, it wouldn't have mattered for her. Having specific goals and ideas for the future, well, that's what makes you interesting and makes others want to be around you and help you. When Connie streamed that first movie and saw the potential, she didn't sit back and continue on her current course. Nope, she disrupted herself. She started trying to find a place in an area she knew nothing about. That could not have been easy. But look where trusting her gut got her. She now has a fulfilling job at an amazing company. That's my other takeaway here. Connie thought it wasn't possible to get a job at Google. But what did she do? She hustled an introduction on LinkedIn, proved her value, settled for a short-term consulting job, and then used that opportunity to ultimately build a career for herself at Google. The moral of the story is don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to leave a cushy job to pursue the next big thing. Don't be afraid to go get something that society says you can't. And definitely, don't be afraid to trust your instincts and bet on yourself. That's it for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. Check out Anderson on social media and stay with us this season for more great episodes.